0: After those lullabies, uh, we'll begin the sermon with some Bob Dylan. (laughs) Broken lines, broken strings, broken threads, broken springs, broken idols, broken heads, people sleeping in broken beds. Ain't no use jiving, ain't no use joking. Everything is broken. Broken bottles, broken plates, broken switches, broken gates. Broken dishes, broken parts, streets are filled with broken hearts. Broken words never meant to be spoken. Everything is broken. To the litany, we could add climate policy, housing policy, queer rights, Supreme Court integrity, election integrity, the Middle East, Russia, Ukraine and on. Imagine we're all familiar with the brokenness in the world. The trouble of the world can surround us and it can seep into us. There can be a a heaviness that is always present. Kind of like riding a bicycle with the brakes uh, stuck partly on. The optimists in the crowd will say, many indicators of progress are headed in the right direction. Many fewer people die of natural disasters, even as every death is a tragedy. Many fewer people die in natural disasters. Many fewer people die of poverty. There's a social media account called Human Progress, uh, puts out an amazing piece of good news uh, about the world every day. A pessimistic response to that might be that even if 99 things are getting better, it only takes one big thing to make those 99 things irrelevant. I liked what uh, our own John Hunt said last month in a talk on his spiritual journey. Uh, One of his points on Stoic philosophy was focusing on, on that which you can control. Do not take on the weight of the world just make the world a better place right where you are within your locus of control if all you can do today is pick up a piece of trash off the sidewalk then pick up that piece of trash do that enough times and maybe your locus of control expands and you find yourself helping to organize a neighborhood a trash pickup, or a citywide trash pick, or a national movement oh. picking up trash. And then maybe you move on to a larger problem. When Harvey Milk was running for mayor of San Francisco, he did not campaign on a, pl- on a pledge to change the world. He, mostly, he said he mostly wanted to just clean up the dog poop off the sidewalk. So that's a part of Stoic philosophy. Drop the burden of the world, stay within your locus of control, and your locus of control will expand. If you're on the Titanic, you know you're going to die. You simply decide to have a good death. So you play the violin while the boat goes down. Sometimes predicaments like that, that are all too common, feel a bit depressing and we need a break from them. And personally, it is hard for me to take breaks from the troubles in the world, find it hard to let go. Recently, in my free time, I read a book on the history of the 20th century with a focus on why so many countries became dictatorships. So there's a big chapter on Germany, big chapter on Spain, big big chapter on the Soviet Union, China and more. So that was my leisure time reading. <laughs> Why would I do that? Why would I do that to myself? Uh, Can I not just put down the weight of the world and have some fun? Can I not just go to the movies? And then along comes the blockbuster, uh, blockbuster event of the year. Barbenheimer. <laughs> Vicki, did you think I was going to say hair? Okay. Yeah. Did anyone see both Barbie and Oppenheimer uh, when they first came out? Wow. A couple of you, a couple of you, um, I did not see Oppenheimer. In this case, I decided to opt out from the weight of the world. I did study nuclear physics, so I knew the physics behind uh, why it's possible to do great damage in this world. Um, I'd already read Richard Rhodes book, the making of the atomic bomb. So I knew some of the characters, I already knew Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer's line, quoting a translation of the Bhagavad Gita, I am become death." So I did not need to see three hours of death and political hopelessness. So I skipped Oppenheimer. Now what to do about Barbie? These are the questions that form our lives. This was a movie that was guaranteed to be about the culture wars So did I really want to spend my free time watching another self-righteous take on the culture wars? And then the reviews came out. It was pro this and anti that. No, it was the opposite. It was pro that and anti this. No, it was anti everything and it was just a candy filled money grab. So I was going to skip it. I did not have to carry the burden (laughs) of watching Barbie. And then I found out that Greta Gerwig, the director of the movie, uh, who co wrote the movie with her lover, uh, grew up Unitarian Universalist. Yeah, so, and to create the plot of the movie, they started with religious themes. So it was very thoughtfully done. Uh, There's an article online comparing the Barbie story to the myth of Inanna, the Egyptian goddess who descended to the underworld. Numerous, numerous parallels between Barbie and Inanna uh, uh, that it would be unlikely to happen as a coincidence. So someone raised Unitarian Universalist turned Barbie into a religious epic. So what was I going to do with my one wild and precious life? I was going to watch Barbie. Yeah. Um, I'll give away the beginning of the movie. The movie begins with these prehistoric girls playing with prehistoric dolls on rocky terrain. And the narrator says, for tens of thousands of years, all dolls were baby dolls. Girls could only play with baby dolls and imagine being mothers. And then this gigantic Barbie appears, just like the monolith from 2001, A Space (laughs) Odyssey. And it's so tall that it blocks out the late morning sun. Uh, to refresh your memory, if you've seen it in 2001, a space odyssey, when the monolith appears in front of a band of pre-human primates, this primate realizes that a bone can be used as a tool to break things. So the primate sits in front of the skeletal remains of some big game creature, um, tapping the remains, uh, with a bone and the small bone bones bounce up with each hit. He hits more and a bit harder and more skeletal bones scatter and all this time the soundtrack is Richard Strauss's thus spoke their Zarathustra, what's commonly known today as the theme song from 2001, The Space Odyssey. (laughs) And as the chords crescendo, this pre-human primate lifts the bone up epically above his head, sends it crashing down into the skeletal remains and our our ancestors have discovered a tool for destruction, tool of war. And this band of primates proceeds to take over a watering hole from a a hostile tribe because they now have the stronger technology. So in this Barbie movie, the prehistoric girls are playing with the prehistoric Barbies, and when the giant Barbie appears, one of the girls epically lifts her doll above her head and brings it crashing to the ground while the theme song from 2001, A Space Odyssey, (laughs) rings out its grand chords. Girls would no longer have to only play with dolls, baby dolls, and imagine being mothers, they could now play with adult dolls, with Barbies, and imagine being whoever they wanted to be, Dr. Barbie, astronaut Barbie, and the movie brought us uh, more more ways to be uh, in the world. So all of the girls start smashing their baby dolls, while Thus Spoke, Zarathustra plays on and on, and I laugh and I laugh and I laugh. And the the person I came with does not know this 2001 A Space Odyssey reference. (laughs) So doesn't understand why I'm laughing out of control, and if I could have gotten words out of my mouth, I would have said this movie was made for me. (laughs) This is my kind of humor. So for me, watching Barbie, the troubles of the world just melted away. And throughout the movie, there are plenty of references that I missed. Um, I'm not the only one who felt like this movie was made for me. This, this movie, Barbie, is a giant romp, not because it avoids serious topics and resorts to lowest common denominator humor and references, but because it puts multiple intelligent perspectives in dialogue each one at a hundred percent. The movie trailer said if you love Barbie this movie is for you. If you hate Barbie this movie is for you. I think it took someone raised Unitarian Universalist to pull that off. My next moment of awe-filled delight uh, was in the dance floor scene. So in Barbie land every day is perfect Every day will be perfect forever. To cap off a perfect day, they have a perfect dance party with a choreographed dance to a pop tune. And under the bright pink disco lights, as all the Barbies do the choreographed hand gestures and sync, Barbie pauses with a big smile on her face and says, do you guys ever think about dying? (laughs) The music screeches to a halt. Her friends freeze in place. It's a serious topic, but I am delighted. An existential crisis in Barbie lands. From underneath the makeup and the perma-smiles, an uncomfortable human emotion seeps through. The Barbies tell Barbie that she can get her trouble sorted out by visiting Weird Barbie, played by Kate McKinnon. And Weird Barbie says, Someone in the real world is playing with her Barbie, and this person is overcome by the burdens of the world. Her anxiety is seeping through into Barbie world, into you. You need to leave Barbie land and go to the real world and find her. Barbie gets into her convertible sports car, drives down this colorful desert highway to get to the real world. And this is my third moment of delight because the soundtrack starts up again and it is the song Closer to Fine by the Indigo Girls. Closer to Fine was written after years of soul searching, years of trying to figure out how to live a meaningful life. The Indigo Girls sing, there's more than one answer to these questions pointing me in a crooked line and the less I seek my for- source for some definitive, the closer I am to find. In the culture war, one says, side says, my, our side is right, your side is wrong. The other says, no, your side is right, our side is wrong. And the indigo girls say there's more than one answer to these questions, pointing me in a crooked line. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes that really resonates for me. But still, underneath it all, there's got to be something definite, right? Some underlying things we can agree on. There's got to be something worth searching for. But the indigo girls say, the less I seek my source for some definitive, the closer I am to find." I first heard that song when I was 22 years old. A group of us were camping on a friend's farm and I actually spent most of the weekend on my own off to the side reading that infamous economics book I've mentioned a couple of times. This book that was shaking the foundations of my beliefs about how the world works. So most of the weekend I was on my own with this book, but Saturday night we were sitting around a campfire. My friends started singing the song I'd never heard and the chorus goes, there's more than one answer to these questions pointing me in a crooked line and the less I seek my source for some definitive, the closer I am to find. I'm trying to figure it all out. My friends are just carefree singing around the fire. They seem closer to fine. Seems something worth trying. Challenge for me to not take myself too seriously. It's not an irresponsible laziness they have that comes from never lifting your head up. Uh, but it's the peace the grounded joyful grace that comes from putting down the burdens of the world, just letting things be for a course or two. So I'm watching the Barbie movie. Barbie's, Barbie's had an existential crisis. She's leaving Barbie land to take on the burdens of the world. And she is in a ridiculous candy colored convertible sports car headed to the real world. And she joyfully starts singing along with the soundtrack, and it's the Indigo Girls. The less I seek my source for some definitive, the closer I am to find. In Jewish history, there's been a tension between the synagogue and the home. Do you find God through study, through debating the big questions and the meaning of, of words? Or do you find God by sharing a meal in your home with loved ones? Is hope found in words? Is hope found in human connection and the raising up of the next generation? In earth-based cultures, there's a reverence for the cycle of life. Things get messy in the summer, then things fade away in the fall. The answer is not to resist, not to fix anything, but just to let the cycle begin anew. This could be a time of the year when you put down the weight of the world, not ignoring your immediate needs, but not carrying the burden that is beyond your control. If you'd like, maybe just make eye contact with each other after the service. See each other like a baby sees the world. Breathe like a baby. Give yourself that gift. Let yourself have a spiritual retreat, a spiritual restoration. You deserve it, and it's helpful. You might find hope simply by having a moment of grace. And if in your moment of grace you get bored, you could throw on a blockbuster movie written and directed by someone raised you. So please rise in body or spirit for our closing hymn. It's number 226 in the gray hymnal, number 226. People look East. The words are in the chats.